because like you said, there are no personal businesses on the internet. It's the internet. That's the beauty of it. Um, it's just, it's massive scale. But if you do a little bit of personal touch, like it's just a cheat code. Like I, I think that it would be really hard for someone to come in and you could obviously steal subscribers that I don't have yet. You could, if you came in and did the exact same thing in Annapolis, you could go get the people that have, they don't know about me yet, but I feel like you'd have a really hard time taking the people from me that already subscribe. You're listening to the next generation podcast, weekly interviews with the most interesting and successful 20 somethings out there. It's 8am right now. And so this is the hands down the earliest I've ever done a podcast. And obviously I had to run out and grab like a cold brew beforehand, but like you don't drink coffee. And I feel like this is maybe like a weird question to even start with, but like, why? Like, like, did you just never drink coffee? Or did you just go cold turkey on it? No, I just never started. Uh, I love coffee. I love the taste of it. I love all the different kinds you can get, but I don't like to need anything. Like, I don't take medicine. I don't like, uh, and I have to be really sick to take medicine. Uh, I don't like taking supplements or vitamins or anything. Uh, I'm just kind of a weird person that way. I don't like to do any of that stuff. It's not like a, you know, a natural, really super care about what I put in my body kind of thing. I got very happy to go eat some junk food but yeah I really just don't like the fact that you know if I was addicted to coffee or drank it every day and I woke up and I didn't have any like my day would be ruined by that I don't want to depend on that dude I just sent you an Alex Ramosi video the other day but have you ever heard his like these crutches will make you weak and miserable in life video something like that no it's the first I've ever heard of him and that was that was a great video but uh it sounds like i would really like that video too <laughs> no okay literally as you're describing that i'm just like remember like thinking back to this youtube video i watched where he's like i want to like feel as though i can go and be the, at the same level of productivity whether i'm like you know pampered in a rich carlton suite or like woke up on like a cot in the back of a gym somewhere uh and have to like get the same amount of kind of stuff done it sounds like that's kind of like the rocky mentality you're almost subscribing to like you want to feel yeah, it's like, like I you don't was, need I was stuff. about to say something super similar where it's like yeah i want to if i doesn't matter if I have the best coffee in the world or like I woke up in the desert in a tent. I want to be able to just perform and I don't, I don't like to need anything. It's just, I don't want to get addicted to anything, whether it's drugs or alcohol or coffee or I don't know, sleep. And I don't sleep very much either, which really? is not a great combo for uh, not drinking coffee. I feel Every like, once I feel in a while, I'll do it. Yeah, I feel like you can separate out the two, sleep versus drugs. I feel like they're very, very different things. Um, but and yeah, we kind of actually have to have sleep. So yeah, that I was going to say a bad example. I was going to say, I definitely know that I'm on the bad end of the spectrum when it comes to coffee, caffeine, and that kind of stuff these days. Like yesterday, I started drinking this. Are you familiar with like L-theanine, like L-theanine coffee? No, I haven't heard of that. Well, you probably hate it because it's two drugs in one. Um, but <laughs> but it's basically <laughs> like, like coffee nicotine. Uh, no, no, like L-theanine is its own like, chemical compound on anyone who listens to this that is actually knows what LDNIN is going to butcher me for this basically just makes you feel like like you know when you if you drink like a coffee on an empty stomach which I do every single morning you get like a little jittery a little anxious in the middle of the day you crash whatever LDNIN basically just smooths out that ride and so it's like you're not getting jittery you're not getting anxious you're, you're like you don't even have a crash at the end of it well the downside of it is that I, I just bought some coffee that's like LDNIN specific coffee and you drink one cup and you're like oh shit like 
like my my brain just lit up like a Christmas tree. Like I'm firing on all cylinders beginning of the year. Like I just finished like the first quarter of my to-do list or whatever like that. Um, and then I was like, well, let me try a second cup. And oh, you know, let's try a third cup while we're here too. Just like, just like see where the day goes. Um, and it turned out like, by 5 p.m., I had like a terrible stomach ache because the stuff just like corrodes your stomach. And then not only that, but like uh, I think by like 5:30, I just like passed out. I was like, okay, my body was like, I need to stop doing this for a second. I'm gonna write that down to look into that because it's really interesting. And I'm trying to do a thing in uh, this year where I learn something new pretty much every day. So mm. today, yeah, I'm maybe learning about Althea. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a popular. Just uh, LTE. I'm, I'm sure I'll L- get it on Google later. You got it. Okay. Right. I was gonna say it's it's like a popular one of those like Tim Ferriss biohacking kind of stuff. In case you want, it like, sounds the... sounds like that. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so enough about coffee. Let's let's kind of start transitioning a little bit more into like what you're doing with Napdown and stuff like that. So like the way I always like to go and articulate this kind of stuff early on is like with this just the simple question like what do you tell your parents that you do for a living? Because I feel like if I ask you, what do you do? You explain something. And now if you say the same thing to your parents, your parents are going to be like, what the hell does that even mean? So what, what do you tell your parents you do? I feel like for me, asking what you tell parents you do is a bad question because I lived with them for the first year and a half of starting this and they kind of know like mm. the ins and outs of it very well. So it's more so like, you know, what would you tell a stranger on the street or someone at a party you just met? And <laughs> it depends on how old they're. So if they're your age or maybe up to like 35, 40 ish, uh, if they ask what I do, I'll ask if they know what Barstool Sports is. And if they say yes, then I say that I'm kind of the Barstool Sports of local news. And if they are over the age of 40 or maybe not 40, maybe like 50, uh, I'll say I'm an online newspaper. Uh, and that just kind of has been a like well refined, try a lot of things, see what resonates with people. And if you tell a 60-year-old you're the Barstool Sports of local news, they're like, the what? Um, ESPN? What? Uh, So, yeah, those are the kind of two things I say. They're like, you go around everywhere in Annapolis and try all of the pizza and give reviews? That's so cool. I So I want to do that. I want to do Barstool Crab Cake reviews because that's that's much more Annapolis. Dude, that's, that's such a good idea. Why have you not done that yet? Just because there's so many good ideas and there's not enough time in the day and not enough okay. people to do it. Okay. All right. So, but, but I like, I like the high level vision statement of what you guys are. Cause like, yeah, to, to a degree, you could be the bar stool of local news where like you're coming out with cool Annapolis swag. You're dropping like personality videos from people in your town. You're giving updates on like the latest what's what and what's happening over in Annapolis. But like, talk to me a little bit more about like what your product actually is today because i think you guys are still a little bit earlier than like that evolution right yeah the main focus is newsletter i mean that that's 90 to 95 percent of the focus but then there's also instagram which is kind of a product in its own way like a lot of people and we're working on the um, awareness of getting them out of this mindset but a lot of people think the instagram page alone is the product mm-hmm. it's just like these awesome pictures of Annapolis. And then we go out to all the events and put up Instagram stories and everyone thinks not everybody, but a lot of people think that that's all we do. And the cool thing is they still love it, even though it's that they're like still all on board with it. Uh, we just have to convert them into newsletter subscribers as well. But 
The next evolution, and we've gone into this a little bit, is really hosting events, like in-person live events. Those are mm -hmm. really cool because they start to build your community. They also test if you have one. I think that's a, if you can get people out to an event just because it's your event, that's a pretty strong uh, indicator that your brand is good. And yeah. we've been able to do that. We've been able to do that multiple times. So it's not, not been a fluke. Um, we're continuing to do that. So that's really the, the second uh, iteration of what we're doing. And then we've done a little bit of swag. I want to do more on that later. Um, but yeah, then want to get into stuff. And we're also kind of dipping our toe into video content. Like we've, we have a couple of videos up on YouTube. I think it'd be cool to do more like the crab cake reviews. So yeah, like 90% focus on newsletter, but every once in a while do dip the toe in somewhere else and see how it goes. Sometimes it goes great. Sometimes it's total fail and you just don't do it again or you yeah. put it on the table or the shelf to do later. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. I want to dive into each of those. I got like a handful of questions and I have some stuff I want to dive into specifically on the Instagram content too, because I think I have some ideas there that I want to riff on. But before even getting into that, right? Like I want to kind of take this story back a second to almost like the origin story of between how Naptown started and almost like a personal story between you and I, because I re remember at this point, it's probably been like nine months, 10 months, something like that, uh, since I called you before. And like, I was talking about like, hey, I think I want to go and quit my job. You talk, you've talked before about quitting your job publicly and like, you know, the reasons for why you wanted to go and quit your job previously and go and start Naptown and would love to kind of go and like, like go back to that original story um, to kind of give the audience listening to this right now that hasn't seen that original tweet you made a long time ago about like deciding to quit your job and why you decided like it was the right jumping point and the transition from unemployed to running your own local media business yeah so i don't know how much in the detail i went in that original tweet i think i went pretty far in um you went you went but, pretty far in yeah i think i think i told the whole story which is good because that's what people need to hear but um I was working as a software consultant. I loved it for the first six months. It was cool. I got to travel and all of a sudden I got bored because I figured out not everything I needed to know. I'm not arrogant enough to say that, but like, you know how you get to the plateau or something like you get to 80% good at it pretty quickly. And so I don't know if I was exactly at 80%, but like I, I knew most of what I was going to need to know and everything else was going to be really slow baby steps, not only to get the more knowledge to be better at what I was doing at the company, but also to go anywhere like there's you know definitely like diminishing was, I, marginal returns so like every six months like you're getting less yeah, and less out of it absolutely especially when you're not in control of your destiny when you have like you know I, there's they're not diminishing returns now i feel like i've been drinking from a fire hose of learning stuff for the last 15 months uh, but there definitely were there and i just got to that point and got super bored like basically overnight and that's when i woke up and realized oh shoot, like I've never wanted to go have a job. Why did I ever do this anyway? And then I forget when in the time of this was, it was sometime after that six month point, I was driving across a bridge coming home from my ex, now ex-girlfriend's house. And I literally thought if I drove off the bridge and plunged my car into this river, I wouldn't have to go to work the next morning. And I was like, I think I said a lot of my car. As soon as, I didn't say the, that thought out loud. That was just in my head, but I think I then said out loud, holy shit, I have to quit my job. And uh, six months later, I walked into my boss's office, come, come back from a trip because I was traveling a lot. 
and handed him a nicely written letter. And then two weeks later, I was out of there. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that, man. Because I feel like there's going to be a lot of people right now. There's there's two things I kind of want to like take out of that story specifically. Um, one is I think you, you mentioned the word like autopilot. You said that like you just felt like, you, you know, you woke up one day and you're like, why do I have a job? This is never like the job I wanted. I was just on autopilot. And I feel like there's a lot of people who you realize this six months in. Some people realize this like six years in or like, you know, 60 years of their life in where they just realize like, hey, I'm not doing anything intentionally and I'm not actually like sitting down for 20 to 30 minutes one time and just writing down what do I actually want and like reflecting on that. And so they go to make decisions based on like what their parents want and what their friends want and what like people think is normal. But I feel like like finding 20 to 30 minutes at the beginning of every month and just being super intentional about like, what do you want to get out of this year? What do you want to get out of this month can kind of start to like steer people away from like making decisions based on things that they don't really care about. Yeah. I think you have to forget normal too. Like you can't, if you want a not normal life and you can't think normal like everybody else. And uh, yeah, I'm super lucky that I got in there and, and realized that six months in instead of six years in or whatever it is. Uh, and I realized, you know, to some people that's going to sound like, Oh my gosh, that's me. I'm an autopilot. Like I need this. I need to have that moment. And then other people, it's going to be like, wow, you're like a little whiner who didn't like your job six months in decided to quit. Um, so yeah, there's going to be probably two different camps there, but I think that the thing that I would tell people that are on autopilot and kind of know they are, or don't, like haven't had to make that decision yet, like especially people still in college, is like you don't have to just go do the normal thing. Like if you want to go and make your own job after college, you never have if, even if you have like a great degree, I had an engineering degree, like I could have just gone and gotten some whatever job and make the money and then built whatever I was trying to build at that point. Cause I built a lot of different things before I finally landed on what I'm doing now. But like, you could just go get a job bartending and make decent money, pay your rent, pay your bills, and then whatever else you want to work on, whether it's like some kind of cool digital thing that you want to code, or if you just want to go wash windows during the day, but you know, washing windows for yourself, not for someone else's company. That's something I wish I had known before I graduated. I think I would have gotten a lot of pushback from my family to not actually go get like a regular job while I was, before I graduated, but I do wish I'd done that a little bit differently, but then also I don't because I learned so much where I was working. I've got a lot of computer skills that are really helped now. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of weird like bureaucracy and systems that are in place at some of these bigger companies where you're like, in the moment you're like, why do these exist? These are really frustrating. And now as a business owner, you can probably look back and be like, Oh, I got to start setting up some of that kind of stuff, like for my own company, like in a better way, of course, though. But like, you at least get to see like how organizations are structured and how people go and get work done within like a big company. Yeah, and it, I had no problem with the company. I remember they, I told the guy who hired me. Uh, I, I told him like, look, the only problem that I have with this company is that I don't own it. Everything else I love. If I was trying to have a regular career, I I could stay here my whole career because I know I can probably get into your position and you'd be moved on by that point and I could do great here make a ton of money it's a great place to work I know I'd be appreciated but I just don't own it so I'm not going to 
the other thing that I want to bring up out of that story that you shared is so the first big thing was like autopilot and like taking the time to kind of realize like you weren't on the path that you wanted to go and get to in life. Um, the second piece was it sounds like you and this is like a really small detail I picked up but like sounds like you quit right after coming back from a vacation. Is that true? Uh, no, not a vacation, uh, an actual client trip. I was oh, okay. I think I was in um, some tiny town in North Carolina and uh it was just a driving trip, but it, it it was like everything was weird. I left late for the trip because my car broke down. I had to take a rental car on the trip. I normally would have taken my own car. And so then I had to go return that car and I was late coming in in the morning. And I just feel like as soon as I walked into my boss's office, which I would always come do after a trip, I'd get home from a trip and walk into his office and we'd talk about it and, you know, talk about this client is going to need a lot of babysitting or this one was great or you know they need some new thing that they didn't actually pay for or whatever we'd always go decompress that so i'd always go walk into his office as soon as i got back but i feel like he just knew something was different this time and um yeah that was no wasn't wasn't quitting coming back from a vacation well that's that's what i did um and honestly like 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 no 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 like 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 a paid time off vacation too so it was like a, a double you know whatever um but i will say i do think that some advice i've gotten before and what i've personally implemented in my own life is if anybody is listening to this and thinking about making a big decision in their life make it after that decision and and it's okay if the if if the actual quitting date or whatever like that is a month after because you're like what well, do, do, do your hey, own thing Connor, i just lost you uh i couldn't oh, hear any of that you're all good after the go. actual quitting date um okay basically what i was saying is that um if you want to go in and quit a month after the vacation that's all good right like but like make your big life decisions during the time when you're not in the trenches and in the weeds because i do think that it kind of gives you that ten thousand foot view where you're able to go and like think about things a lot more clearly and you don't have to go and like deal with the stress of like my boss is slacking me and i've got 20 things to do like you know that feeling after coming back from a big vacation like i think business owners like yourself and myself something correct me if i'm talking out of line here but like when i take a big vacation and i come back I'm so excited to work. And that sounds so nerdy and so dumb, but like I'm genuinely really excited about the work. And that's how I know I'm working on the right thing. When you take like a long vacation and you're going back and doing something that you hate doing, it, like there's no excitement. If anything, there's almost more resent towards the job and the company from keeping you from doing what you really want to do. Yeah, I totally understand that because I just I'm so excited to be back home from Christmas and not have any like parties or uh, <laughs> like annoying, I think it's annoying stuff. Like, uh, just stuff to go to that I don't, I'd rather be working. Uh, nope. There's no more of that. That's great. I left vac family vacation like a, two days early to come back and be at events here over the summer that I needed to be at. Uh, and, you know, I was not, I, I was sad that I had to leave my family because I do love them and I didn't want to leave vacation, but I was not resentful at all. I was like, no, I made this choice. I'm excited to come back here. Uh, and I think you should be excited for, or try to be excited about everything you do. So it's not like, oh yeah, vacation sucks. I'm going to go work. It's like, oh yeah, I've had a great time on vacation. I'm going to end mine a little bit earlier than everyone else's. And I'm going to go home and work, which I'm also really excited about. And if you have that, then, I mean, you're already rich. You don't need, like, that's. Rich is a very relative have, term, my friend. Yes, it is. Like, if I can have everything that I have now, the way that I get to work and the way that I get to spend my time and just make enough money to pay the bills 
um, consider myself rich my whole life. Absolutely. Well, Obviously, you. I'd love to add some more financial security onto that, but just the way that I get to work right now and that wouldn't trade it for anything. That's awesome. Um, I, I know um, one thing you talked about coming back from vacation. Yeah. I did quit in January and I had just taken some extra time off to go to Vegas with my dad and brother. We go or try to go every year for a hockey game out there. Um, and obviously that's over the Christmas or just after Christmas as well. And we were an education consulting business. So Christmas was pretty much very, very easy or no work at all. Um, so there definitely was some time spent away before making the final decision. Okay. That's good to know. Um, I know we've only got like, you know, let's call it 20 minutes or so based on the, some of the schedules and stuff for today. So I want to just at least like try to get through a lot more stuff from the tactical side of the newsletter. And then also some longer term stuff. Like I've got, I've got two hours of content here. So I'm going to try to take cherry pick the best stuff that I can. Um, now you're talking about the different types of arms and stuff like that of Naptown Scoop earlier, um, right? Like you guys are basically the, the big focus is Annapolis, Maryland, um, but it doesn't really matter how you guys go and serve them. You can serve them anyway through Instagram content, newsletter, events, whatever. Um, have you started trying to implement anything from that when, where, what Austin account that I sent you? Because I think this is like a really interesting for anyone who doesn't know or is not from Austin there's this Instagram account called when, where, what Austin. And it's got like, I want to, let me pull it up right now. I want to say it's got like 800,000 followers or like something ridiculous, probably even more than that actually. Um, and they, they post just like the most basic, like ugly looking blue text uh, posts. Sorry, 231,000 followers. Um, post, like, that, doesn't sound, that doesn't make sense based on Austin's population. Yeah. Yeah. The more I'm thinking about it, Austin's actually like a much smaller town. Um, but they post like the ugliest blue post and you click on it and it's got like thumbnails and it's got like eight different, uh, slides on like what's happening throughout Austin for that day, that weekend, whatever. And like, the more you think about it, they're all really just like drink specials and free apps and things like that happening throughout Austin. But I gotta imagine this company's making so much money. Cause like, they're not just shouting out these people just for having deals. Like they're, they're probably charging, you know, 500, a thousand dollars per ad slot. At least I would think just based on some of the reach that some of these posts get, have you considered like kind of going down that rabbit hole at all from like an advertising uh, standpoint? Uh, I've definitely considered it. I don't think that that's where we're going right now because if you look at their, uh, their grid, their profile, like you talk about, <laughs> you call it ugly blue posts. Um, that's all they post and that's what their followers are used to. If you go on our profile, it's sort of like a highlight reel of life in this city. And so if I posted things like that in the mix with that, they just, it's, it's, uh, it's discontinuous or whatever word. I don't know if I said that word, right? No, I'm not disingenuous. It just like, it's, um, it's, I guess kind of disingenuous. Like it's not our brand. It would confuse people. And so I don't think those would perform well for us at all. And I don't think it would turn into a good thing for advertisers unless we totally switch to that, which I have no real interest in doing. I think that the way that I, we're doing it now is the way that I like to do it. And we are working, I guess we're doing a little bit of stuff like that. Um, if you look at you know, what the kind of post that when, where, what Austin's doing. But if you want to type in another Instagram account, I think the handle is Alternative Dublin, talking about Dublin, Ireland. 
and the things that they're doing there, those we are looking to kind of copy and take into our own brand. Um, oh yeah, sure. Those are, that's really cool. I think that would fit into our grid well. Uh, whereas like those strict information posts that have no kind of graphic design, it's literally just blue and white text. Uh, that doesn't really fit into our model. Well, and, and so these ones have kind of like the more Canva feel, like they look a lot better. I like even the one that they posted four hours ago, hikes and walks around Dublin, the Houth hit, uh, Cliff Walk, the Phoenix, Greystones, all that kind of stuff. Um, like that looks and feels a lot better. But all, like the reason I bring that kind of stuff, people love like that'll get so oh, yeah. many shares and so many oh, yeah. new followers. And also like, like think about the way that like I don't nobody knows the way the Instagram algorithm works, but I know at least from a Twitter standpoint, like things go viral when people share them more, like even if it's just sharing it in a DM, because then it tells Twitter, hey, this is good enough content to go and share and more people are going to go engage with it. I got to imagine it's the same with Instagram where like the more times I send a post to somebody, the better it's going to go and do organically because people know that it's share worthy type of content. Yeah, shares and saves, those things are uh, kind of gold. Like that's why you, I like to make either posts that are like amazing pictures that you're going to want to send to your friends and share or, or post like in, if you're still on alternative Dublin's page, like new pubs of Dublin, that's yep. something that you'd want to save that you can go look at again. So we're working on like what's new in Annapolis in 2022. That'll be a cool post. It'll look pretty much exactly like that. Uh, it's funny you say that's the Canada feel. Uh, that I know that's Canva because I went on Canva and found the same exact graphics that they were using. And that's yep. what I'm going to use. Yep. Um, but, but, but yeah, those, so those things are awesome and they lead to more followers for your page. I call them, if it's a really good post, I'll call it a follow magnet. We have mm -hmm. five posts that directly, cause you can track all this five posts that directly account for 17% of our pages followers. I know it's just wild. Like we have 8,300 followers and five posts are responsible for almost 20% of them. That's, that's probably the same with a lot of contents, like the 80, 20 principle on steroids. Um, but I, I do gotta, I have to think just like if people are thinking that the Instagram is the main product at times and like from your standpoint, you know, that the newsletters where you're driving 99% of your revenue, or 90%, let's talk about events in a bit. Um, I, I would just think that like you could probably use that as a way to almost be like if there's a restaurant in Annapolis that want, is, wants to run a promo or do a happy hour or something like that, even if you just posted like a really cool shot of like what the promo is, if, if it's a burger and beer or whatever like that, I bet you could probably go and charge to have that on the page if it's high quality. But I don't know, maybe I'm digressing a little bit. I just think it could be more profitable. No, we have done that. If you go onto our page. Um, oh, you have? Like... Let me find a featured post. I'm actually supposed to go shoot some pictures for one uh, today. Um, S'mores that... photo or whatever. Which one? Oh no, no, I'm seeing like I'm seeing like a nice like this ice cream one, for example, maybe. No, that one's not. Uh, if you see the one right after the Grinch picture, that's yep. a, a local business spotlight. That's a paid post, or uh, it was actually. I don't like to. Did I mark that as a paid post? No, I didn't. Uh, so what? I, the way that I'm kind of using the Instagram now is a it's like a carrot for newsletter advertising. Like if mm -hmm. you are of a certain caliber, basically dollar volume of a newsletter advertiser, then we'll kind of throw the Instagram on top of that. So it really, the Instagram doesn't make the Instagram profitable, but it makes the newsletter generate a little bit more revenue. We use right. it as a, an incentive for that. But I do think there are ways to um, to use that 
better. Like I think right now I'm just using it too much like the newsletter advertising where it's like, hey, you can advertise on the newsletter or you can advertise here in the exact same way. I think we need to do things a little bit different on that. Um, I think that the way that I like to model that is kind of going after food influencers. Um, I have a friend, actually, I hired her to manage my Instagram page because she's great at it. I don't do it anymore. She's a a food influencer in Washington, D.C. And I actually went in to visit her this weekend and we're walking around and she's like, yep, they pay me $100 a month. They pay me $100 a month. They pay me $100 a month or whatever just pointing at all these restaurants and like she just has to go in and be there and and put up stories because they want her followers to know that she hangs out there yeah and i think that we could do the exact same thing like our page i think i think we have almost the exact same number of followers uh uh, she's got more right now we'll catch her (laughs) Um, or she'll catch herself actually but um i think that's that's a more interesting model where you're like I think that this is like the blend of media company and influencer where it does matter. Like if we go somewhere and put it on our Instagram stories, people will go visit a shop because they saw us there because they trust our authority. And I think that we need to figure out how to use that better on Instagram. Dude. I mean, there's companies that literally make like tens of millions of dollars a year just with like rankings and like, um, you know, organizing like best of in a city kind of content and you guys can go and definitely utilize that kind of stuff for like best restaurants best bars on the street best you know uh crab cakes around or whatever like that and like having somebody go and hang in their restaurant voted by naptown scoop best crab cake of 2022 like if people know your brand and they know that that's a value and that you guys like put some serious weight on that then it's probably a really good thing to go and have for you guys to like advertise and like promote your own brand more there's a company here called What's Up Media that does that. They do the best of voting. Um, and it's like everybody prints out the signs and puts them on their door. I would love to know the economics of that. I want, I want to know if the businesses pay to oh, get their pay. own like What's Up of... No, I, I mean like the... I want to know who pays for like the stickers they put on their door. You know, best oh. of Annapolis 2022. Because if I were What's Up and if I do that, I would pay for all the stickers. I'm like, put this on your door. Of course. I would give yeah, it to yeah. everybody. Um, but they actually they say, don't pay for the actual thing. They, it's all voting. So it's essentially a popularity contest. So I actually have a huge problem with it. It means nothing as to who actually is the best, what restaurant, real estate agent, whatever in town. Um, if I ever do something like that, it's going to be internal research and deliberation from our side. And I think that does hold more weight rather than just, it's essentially which in, which real estate agent has the most people that, on social media that they can go ask to vote for them or right. which who has the biggest email list like if, if there was a category for me i'd kill everybody right because i have this giant email list that is probably more than anybody else has in town and it has a phenomenal open rate like i would destroy everybody and i could go wreck the algorithm too and like enter myself for best ice cream shop and it's, it's just not a good way to actually determine who's got the best services in town or the best food in town. No, that's, that's fair. I feel like, like the thing that I typically think about with this kind of stuff is like, are you familiar with the Inc 5,000, like that huge report that they do every single year? Mm-hmm. That, that thing is just a huge money grab. Like it actually really means nothing. And what it really means is like, they'll go and put you on the list, but now you can't go and use their logo and any marketing material, whether it's on your website or social, whatever like that unless you pay them, I think it's like a grand or something like that. I mean, I probably have my numbers all wrong on that. Um, but you have to like pay them a good chunk of money 
just to go and advertise using that like kind of promotional thing. So they make a ton of cash off of that. Um, and I can imagine if you do it on an internal basis, you can say, hey, listen, Naptown Scoop ranked you best crab cake or best Bloody Mary or whatever like that of the year. But like, if you want to go and promote this, you know, you have to pay us a hundred dollars a year. Like that's very common, I think in that space. Yeah, and there's also, there's, there's tons of ways you can leverage that influence and like that best of ranking. So we have a best plumbers article, we have a best pizza article and we have mm -hmm. a best coffee article. I think we have other ones, but those are kind Dude, of do, three do most lead popular. Gen. Why are you not, why are you not doing so, lead gen for like plumbers and stuff? I, I want to do that with the plumbers because that plumbing page actually gets a couple thousand uh, views a month, like on Google. I don't know how many people are clicking through. Uh, and so I just wanted to get it up there, leave it up. I think if you Google best plumbers in Annapolis, I think it comes up first now. Uh, so it's probably about time to have the salesperson reach out and be like, hey, if you have anything that you can directly track from here, um, and oh no, man! Ab absolutely. That. Some people, no. and I won't. Uh, so yeah, we are the first. When you search "best plumbers in Annapolis," we're the first organic result. So we're not actually on the first screen because, and I have a giant monitor, so it's probably lower for other people because that it's a very competitive thing. Like people pay a ton for that. I, if you went on Ahrefs, you could search the traffic value of that page. I have a friend in Australia who does that. He'll. It's actually really, really profitable to do it for like best divorce lawyers because uh, that's yeah, a really course. high customer Huge value. High ticket, yeah. And people, yeah, people are bidding like $50 per click on that on Google and he'll go out, kill the SEO yep, and then go to the people and say, Hey, I have this great list that like everybody, if it's first on Google, everybody's Googling this. Do you want to be the number one person on it? And even if, if they actually don't pay him, he'll just take them off. Uh, mm. like, which I think that's, you know, it's I don't black hat whatever you want to talk about i don't like that so that's why right. i haven't done that with our plumber list everyone on there is based on there's a I have an algorithm that takes your number of google reviews times your rating and and weights the rating but it, like if you have you know let's say five star review with two of them but then you have uh 4.9 with 100 like you're obviously gonna be number one on my list because right. i think you should be so mm -hmm. that's how i've ranked all the lists I don't want them to pay to be on there, but I do want to reach out and say like, Hey, if, can you, can you track leads from this? Um, then if so, I think you should pay us a little bit, or maybe they'll just start advertising. Who knows? Dude, literally put a form on your website on that page right now. Like after this call, I know you have some stuff to do today before you go to bed tonight, put a form on that page and says, it says something like want to get a quote in under 24 hours, fill out your information here and then start like you get that lead. Great. Call up the plumber place. Like, hey, how much would you pay if I get, go and send you a lead who wants a quote in under 24 hours? Oh, 50 bucks? Call the next plumber place. And how much would you pay? And like, I'm telling you right now, like this shit works. There are $100 million plus businesses built off this model. Like right now, the best company that I use for self-storage to go and fill up our storage facility is called Sparefoot. And basically what that is, is like they are, they somehow get just so much traffic to their pages. So if like, you're like, hey, I need a storage facility in downtown Dallas. The way it works from my side is I go and I bid like, hey, here's what I'm willing to pay based on my monthly rent. Um, so like, like, let's say, for example, I'm renting out a unit for $100. I'll pay two times rent to go and get a lead because I think that they're going to stay for like eight or nine months or whatever. So the, the risk I'm pay paying here is they only spend two months in my facility. I broke even. I didn't make any money. Um, but if they spend seven months, great. Now I pay spare foot $200 
right? 2X, whatever the thing is, and they bring me a ton of leads. Um, you could be making so much money through this. Yeah, and we're, I have a whole list of what people are Googling. And the fun thing about being in a small town like this is that nobody's trying. Like, I, nobody's trying to rank for best pizza and nobody's right. trying to rank for best coffee shops. And right. that just, <laughs> it's really nice to not have competition. Like yeah, I, it's, it's huge. not, it didn't take very long to become the number one for best plumbers. Like that's, and that's a super valuable thing because the average ticket value of a plumbing job or maybe their lifetime customer value is high. So yeah, yeah, I need to do more service businesses like that. And then of course, yeah, make, make a form that roofers, electricians. And they can know that it's, they can know it's from us. And that'll be, that's a really great idea. This is why I like hanging out with you. You got to do I it. I think that my nine o'clock is going to get pushed back a little bit later because oh, let's he, just, go. he just asked me if what time we wanted to do so i was like i think nine was the plan but if we could do nine thirty, that'd be awesome all right perfect well, let me know because he's enough. not gonna be there in 15 minutes i don't think so let's keep going okay i was gonna say you, i have plenty of time you told me when to wrap up um okay cool so uh next thing i kind of have here is like i want to dive back into the email stuff so um where are you guys at in terms of subscribers now i think if I, if I read a tweet correctly, one year into the business, not last year, but one year in, you got to about like 6,600 subscribers. Is that roughly right? I think that's right. I think that's the pinned tweet on my profile. Um, now I think we're at, let me just give an exact number. I can pull it up super fast. Uh, I think it's around, 80, yeah. So right now 8,700 is where we're at. Um, but you guys have an outstanding open rate, right? Yeah, it's 55 to 60% every day. And it's it's actually Jesus. going up as we get bigger. Um, I don't <laughs> understand why. But I think the day before, the last email we sent before Christmas, which usually holidays are terrible. Like people get, we get dozens yeah. of, out of you know, automatic reply out of office emails. The last day we sent before Christmas, which was December 22nd, we had 68% open which is almost 6,000 impressions, unique impressions, which is the most we've ever done by like over a thousand. So it was just absolutely crazy. And we're, you know, yesterday's email is already at 56%. It'll get a couple more points today. And just, it's, it's cool. What's, what's the population of Annapolis? 40,000, but in the surrounding areas, we do everything within 10 miles. Mm -hmm. Uh, That area is 200,000 people. Damn. Okay. So, so, so just talking Annapolis numbers alone, like basically roughly one in four people in Annapolis subscribe. If you want to use those metrics, if you want to use the other stuff, it's like one in 20 people. I think, uh, with, yeah, with 40,000 and 8,700, it's like probably closer to one in five. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the plan is to get to 20,000 subscribers by the end of this year, which would mean oh, yeah. one in two, if you want to actually look at population numbers or yep. one in 10 for the whole area. Dude, that's so awesome. And and you guys are like growing quickly. I know like your ad slots are booked out till March and like, and everything like that. Like what's, so, so start taking me through the next steps and so actually now before we even get to the next steps, I want to take it back to how you even got started. Cause I think for some people, newsletters could kind of serve as a chicken and the egg problem. Maybe not so much if you're like really good at delivering the content consistently, but like, are you just running Facebook ads and posting flyers around town or are you doing something different not not doing flyers around town yet i want to do that um i mean i just went through all this stuff because it's all 
you know, it's time for year end reviews. Mm -hmm. I actually have the exact numbers of where we've gotten all of our subscribers in the last year. Um, it's mostly Facebook ads. That's our majority thing. We got, uh, in the last year, essentially we got, or since we started, not in the last year, but essentially we, I have a, a trackable way of measuring how we got 8,200 subscribers out of our 8,700. Cool. So I only have 500 that I don't know how they came from. I think that's pretty good. And you know, you're yeah. never going to know where everyone came from. So 3,600 came from Facebook. 2100 came from our referral program 943 came from google organically uh, 533 came from instagram organically 513 just typed in naptownscoop.com and signed up nice and then 430 people came from our facebook page organically not through an ad which i find really interesting because i put zero effort into that so I'm like, okay, maybe we should put a little bit more effort into Facebook. Boomers. I'm telling you, dude, it's boomers. Um, I mean, that's who reads too. So it's not yeah. a problem. Yeah, I know. Um, but the, the referral program was amazing. With, well, with what we've spent on that, we're getting, we've, we got those 2,141 subscribers for 10 cents a piece. That's a, are you like giving them mugs, stickers, shirts? Yeah, three levels. I'm going to redo it this year because we're, we're going to make do swag. But the first thing, and the, this is the key for any referral program, is to make your first prize free, like actually free, um, but still really desirable. I'd say actually the first prize is probably the one that everybody wants most in what we do. So when you get three people to sign up, we'll wish you happy birthday at the top of the email on your birthday. Oh, that's and cool. people love that because it makes them feel like a million bucks. I love it because... When I do that, they send it to all their friends. Yeah, but, <laughs> and so uh, then our, that's that's funny. So it's even it's like, hey, look, they just shouted me out for my birthday. Exactly, and then they're like, oh, what's this? I don't read this, and then they sign up too. Uh, I I met my serious. friend uh, David's wife out one time, and David actually got the birthday shout out and picked his wife Chris for this. And I saw her, and she introduced herself, and she was like, "Thank you so much for wishing me happy birthday." Like I sent it to all of my friends when I saw that. And she wasn't trying to be like, I'm trying to help you out. She just like still thought it was the coolest thing ever. And then I explained it to her because David was standing right there too. Yeah. And he loves this kind of stuff. He's a, he's a good business person. I was like, this is totally, this is a growth strategy. And he's like, this is so smart. I wish that we had, he had actually had a magazine too. He's like, we should have done something like that. That um, is so true. it's yeah. And it's free. It's literally free. It's $0. That is really the best thing. And so our second level is 15 referrals. You get a mug, which costs us 15 bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, and then our third level is a tote bag. I think that's 25 referrals and that costs like $19 or something. Dude, uh, but, so here's the thing. Only one person's ever gotten the tote bag. Nobody, nobody mm -hmm. gets that level. Sure. And I think I've bought, actually I can tell you exactly how many I bought because this 215 is the mugs. So it's 215 divided by 1542. I bought 14 mugs. Uh, so like nobody's going to get to those next levels, but they're all going to try. So mm -hmm. like, we probably have a ton of people who have 10 referrals, but nobody, not only 14 get to that next level and only one got above that. Right. Dude, that's, that's genius. And I think what you do better than most newsletters that I've seen or subscribed, because I know obviously like 2020 and 2021 were like the year of the newsletter. Right. Um, and, and you kind of got into it before it's cool, but I think what you do better than most is like your content is just fantastic. And you get to the point where like, like I've seen several tweets and texts from you 
where you're like, I'm walking around downtown Annapolis and like three people just like recognized me or called me by name and said how much they loved the newsletter. Like I even literally have had phone calls with people from Annapolis. It's, it's the easiest icebreaker. Cause I'm like, Hey, have you heard about Naptown scoop? And they're like, Oh yeah, I think I've heard of it. I was like, that's my buddy. And they're like, Oh cool. Like now let's get back. Like, like for them, it's like such a small thing. And for me, I'm like, no, like, like I, I know the guy. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so I think you do a really good job of just making it really personal. Like it's, a, it's an internet business with like a small town feel, which is very uncommon these days. Yeah. And that's really important. I got this email somebody sent me and she like bulleted out what she loved about it. But the last one she said was it's personal. That is the reader feels spoken to by a fun, friendly person. And I'm, that's like, I, I'm, she basically, I couldn't have summarized what I try to do better than this little bulleted email she sent of what she loved about it. It was literally everything that I shoot for. And I do think it's really important is to make it personal because like you said, there are no personal businesses on the internet. It's the internet. That's the beauty of it. Um, it's just, it's massive scale. But if you do a little bit of personal touch, like it's just a cheat code. Like I, I think that it would be really hard for someone to come in and you could obviously steal subscribers that I don't have yet. You could, if you came into the exact same thing in Annapolis, you could go get the people that have, they don't know about me yet. But I feel like you'd have a really hard time taking the people from me that already subscribe because we do that personal touch. And it's really just like a lot of it is stuff that happens on a whim. So yesterday somebody emailed, actually that woman emailed, um, I emailed back and forth with her for a little bit. And I was like, Hey, by the way, what's your favorite restaurant in Annapolis? And she told me, and I then sent her a $15 gift card there through email. And like, she couldn't believe it. She was like, Oh my gosh, this is the best day ever. It's like, what's 15 bucks? Like, yeah. first of all, it's a write-off because it's a gift for one of our cust customers, yeah. uh, even though they don't pay. But second, like, it's 15 bucks. It's so easy. And it just absolutely made her day. That's awesome. Yeah, and then, you know, like, when, once she goes out to dinner there to have dinner with her family, she's not going to stop talking about you guys the entire time. That's awesome. Um, so I, I, wanna... I, I don't have 9.30. I have 9.15, so I probably need to stop at 9.10. All good. Um, the, I want to kind of like wrap up with like probably two to three questions anyway, that might be, it might take a little bit more thought, um, and reflection on each of them, but like the first one is kind of wrapping up the actual like newsletter element of this and like the local media side of things. So really what I would love to do is when I, when we first chatted about having you come on this podcast, I was like, I was like, let's go and talk about the stuff that Ryan two years ago would have found valuable. And I think you definitely did that and you covered a lot of that kind of stuff. Now I want to kind of talk about the stuff that Ryan two years from now is going to look back on and be like, yep, he nailed it or nope, he totally messed that up. Um, so would love to kind of take, get your take on like, what does 2024, 2025 look like? And like the scalability of a business like this? And what are the next steps look like for you to try to start either growing this internally in Annapolis or taking this to the next level and finding like, you know, St. Louis or a Tampa or, or whatever like that. Um, and going and trying to start another Naptown scoop down there. So next steps for us, the, the three goals that I have for this year are to get Annapolis up to 20, 25,000 subscribers. I think it's 25,000 is what I actually said. Yeah, 25,000 subscribers in Annapolis. I want to open a new market in Charlottesville, Virginia. And then I want to do uh, 120,000 in advertising revenue. Well, really total revenue. Um, but I gave my salesperson the goal of 120 advertising revenue. Uh, so that, you know, 
uh, semantics. If she if she thinks the goal is 120, that's great. Then we can maybe get more than 120. Um, so those are the three goals for this year. I I think that this is a really well, I want to figure out if this is a scalable business. I want to figure out if I can go to Charlottesville and plug in the same formula that I've done here. And maybe it only works here. Maybe I just got lucky here. Or maybe I actually have a, a killer formula that I can then go do in 50 more cities over the next five years. Uh, and that is that is really the hope for the business. That's what I've set out to do from the beginning. People always ask, like, when are you going to start monetizing this? I'm like, there's five ads in there every single day. And there have been for the last here like it's it's been monetized and it's only going to get it's actually probably never do more ads in the newsletter than we do now because i like the balance that we have with content versus paid content um but yeah everyone always thinks like you know, like is this a hobby and i'm like no absolutely not this is my <laughs> life that's that's amazing and i don't um, get offended and- when they ask that i just think it's hilarious that they and they and then they still don't really know like nobody gets how big i'm actually thinking about this and how much i have thought about it and you know, I think it's like a fun project. That's that's the best is and you can kind of almost like turn around like five years later and you're like, yep, I am the Yeah, you remember that fun project? Players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um no, lo- love those moments. Um for the like for Charlottesville, Virginia, why did you pick that spot specifically? It's about twice the size as here, which is mm-hmm. good. Uh, I don't want to go too big. I like the under hundred thousand or around hundred thousand. And there's a ton of those cities in the US. Um, but it's also just the kind of place that people absolutely die for. They mm. lo- people who live there absolutely love it. People like to visit there. That means that it's probably a great city. I've actually been there. I know it's a great city. Um, it, it's just something that people love. And I think you have to have that kind of place. Like people love Annapolis. If you're doing this in Dubuque, Iowa, you might run into some issues of like, Dubuque's not that cool, objectively. And the people who live there probably aren't like, yeah, I love Dubuque. Fuck yeah, Dubuque. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that's, I've yeah. always wanted to live here. Like people dream about living in Charlottesville and they dream about living in Annapolis. And so I think eventually we'll, you know, we'll run out of those kind of like desirable A-list small cities and have to go to those Dubuques and the, I don't know, the other kind of places. Um, that's just the one I always pick on because we had to go there once for my old job and it really is boring. But um, that's, the, that's the reason why I chose those cities. People love to live there and they're big enough to build a good advertising business out of it. Yeah, that makes sense. And they're so small though that the other people aren't really focusing on them. Like if you look at mm-hmm. where Axios Local is launching, they're taking over giant cities. And same with uh, Six City. In New York. And they're, all that they're, stuff, yeah. they're going for big cities. They're going for the big shiny ones. And I'm like, first of all, what I do probably wouldn't work as well in there because it is super personal and it is uh it, it's very comprehensive and like if you had to try try and go gather all the live music that's happening on a thursday night in philadelphia and that could be your entire email but for that's me it's just a small part of it yeah well said um last two questions i have for you the first one is like, you and i actually literally had like this conversation or not even a debate more just like a conversation on what's the best approach about a year ago today and I think the conversation was around basically like, what's the best approach in your twenties when getting started in entrepreneurship? Is it to like go and shoot for that quick win, something that you know you can sell, flip for like anywhere for anywhere from like a hundred to a million, a hundred thousand to like a million dollars or something like that. Get some cash in your bank, get the quick flip, get this, get the sale, something like that, uh, and then build a larger company if that's your ultimate goal and ambition. Or is it to go and spend you know those first 
10 years literally like going and grinding and, and building it for like the next decade uh, especially if you have something big right so like kind of the debate between like the two versus the 10-year business um have it sounds like now at this point or a year later you've kind of gone and decided to take that 10-year journey that 10-year route of like really scaling up this media like the local media business you've got your next target city for this year you're focused on growing your current city um is there any reason that you wanted to kind of take that approach versus going for like something quick to try to like you know monetize and sell quickly and then spend time doing that i think it just depends on the business that you're starting you know like general rules that just apply all all the time where it's like yeah if you're gonna be go be an entrepreneur and you want to make a bunch of money you should go get a quick win and then go build something like meaningful or something that takes a while to build it really just depends on what you're building. Like if I was doing this and it was a kind of business that you could just get up to like doing a hundred thousand dollars a year super quickly. And somebody wanted to come in and be like, Hey, I'll give you $500,000 for that. Uh, I would have totally said yes. I'm like, okay, I'll go do something else. But this is just something that's a slower burn and it takes a little while to get to that point. But this is something I think I can be really good at. And I think this is something I can turn into a great business. So it's just going to take a, a little bit longer. But yeah, I think it depends on the kind of business. Like your, your first thing with Cardly, like I know you, you, I don't want to say you worked on that for a short amount of time, but like you went into college and you hadn't started it and you graduated it or graduated college and you had already sold it. So like that kind of thing is great. You got a, a, a quick win because you probably did that for like two or three years though, right? And it was, it was the biggest thing about that business is that we almost never spent 40 hours a week on it with the exception of one co-op cycle, which Northeastern offers. Yeah. So I think it's cool. If It just depends on the kind of business you have. You know, if it's something you can spin up to a certain level really quick and then sell for half a million or a million or two million or something like that, yeah, it's great. But that's just not the way that this one's working out. But this is the thing that I really want to focus on and, and make super super awesome so yeah we're on the i don't actually want to be on the 10-year plan the goal is kind of like seven but uh yeah a lot longer than one or two okay either way though that's cool like i i feel like that's a good answer and i think that's something that people struggle with or think about often especially around our age of like which path should they go and take um and i also yeah, there, love there, there's no general rule you just it's, right. it's all situational if you've got was... a business that you can make big quick make it big quick absolutely do it I also love uh, Naval's quote. I tweeted it out this morning. It's like all outsized returns in life um, come from compound interest over like the long term or something like that. And I feel like that's definitely the approach you're going for is like you're just getting 1% better every day, making, you know, sending one $15 gift card a day, giving one birthday shout out a day. And like over time, that stuff compounds and like you don't really see it. But after like 3,000 days pass and it's been that seven years, now you're like, oh shit, this is working. Like this is, this is big, right? Um, the so. thing for me that was really, um, it was just an eye-opening moment was when Bezos stepped down as CEO of Amazon and mm -hmm. everyone was talking about like Bezos steps down as CEO of Amazon after 20 years. And I'm like, dude, that so guy, cool. like, no, 20 years ago, Amazon didn't exist. And then this guy created it and then worked on it probably every day or just about every day for 20 years. And I just imagine like, think of him in that moment. And obviously he's not gone from there. He's still involved, but like, think about maybe he never did. He probably did. Cause he's a really smart guy, but like maybe what them just imagine if he hadn't actually looked back and like seen all the things he'd been working on. It's like 20 years later, he quits or kind of quits. Let's say he quits. 
turns around it's like damn that's what every day working on the right thing for 20 years can create i have the second most valuable company in the world and i'm the majority shareholder uh that's that was just a really eye-opening moment um something you what did you just say the compound interest and like just one one percent better every day one fifteen dollar gift card every day that stuff it didn't even take three thousand days for it to really pay off it's like we started out and then one day all of a sudden like we got some interest in someone advertising and then when you get the one person then other people start to see it and then uh, in about august we got a really big partner who's a very well-known around town he's a real estate agent and then from then on like we sold out super quick and everybody wants to be there and that was that opened the floodgates but it was just like you, if i quit the week before it would have been like oh nobody thinks nobody wants this uh, it's like right. the, uh, we've talked about this picture the little guy mining for diamonds on twitter or there's oh, yeah. two guys and then one guy is he turns around and he's like this close to the diamonds but the other guy just doesn't stop uh that's just don't stop that's me my you know my motto don't quit every day oh yeah last question i got for you and then we can wrap it up um and if you don't want to chat about this one we can wrap it up now but like you've got some pretty big like money goals ambitious goals over the next like 10 to 20 years um anything that you feel comfortable sharing publicly just because i love like i think it would be so cool if you look back on this like 10 or 15 years from now and you're like yep i called my shot and i hit it um so would love to kind of hear that about that stuff i think babe ruth yeah yeah right point point, in, yeah. point in the stance um yeah no i'm i'm super open about it it gets me in trouble uh what i want to do with money because people are they just think small i think um and i think before i say what i want i think it's important to know that money I don't think it will make you happy. I mean, you have it, you know, it won't. If you're not happy before you have it, you won't be happy when you get it. And if you don't know what you want to do with it, you're just not, there's no reason to want it. You have to know why you want it. So for me, I want to have enough that I don't have to work if I don't want to. I probably won't want to because I'll get bored, um, but I don't want to have to. But I also still want to live like a fun life where I get to travel and travel in style. Again, not just because I think I want to, like I have, and I've also traveled the other way. Like I don't, I want to get to the point where if I'm flying over six hours, I'm not doing it anything but first class or better because I've done it the other way and it sucks. And it really is. Just, and I've done it both ways. It's so much better than one way. I think it's worth the money. So I want to be able to do stuff like that. Uh, the, the craziest thing that I like that people are like, this is that stupid is I want to have five different houses because there's five places that I just absolutely love to spend time, like spend time enough that it would be worth having a house there so you know that's that's a crazy amount of money uh, i where, love boats where, where, where are those five places uh annapolis is one i mm. love annapolis mountains in north carolina ideally on lake glenville if you've ever been there it's awesome uh ocean reef where you are right now it's wonderful <laughs> utah deer valley for skiing and then chicago uh, my brother and sister both live out there i would love I, you know i could go stay with them anytime i want but i would love to have a place big enough for everybody to gather that you know my brother and sister could leave and not have to deal with cleaning because they host a lot and it's a lot to do there um so I, those are the five i love boats i want to have a giant boat my uh my background is 130 foot yacht on my computer i uh i dream about that because i just love being on the water and i want to have something my whole family can fit on those are really the big goals <laughs> some, some, know, something wanna... my whole family can fit on it's like how big is your family that it has to be 130 feet <laughs> Well, I'm, no, no. I mean, like my I'm whole family can sleep on. I'm a, oh, okay. You know, oh, like that's, something that's something with yep. six okay. staterooms. My whole family yeah, can yes. fit on a 
50 foot yacht and still have a great afternoon but i mean like a, a thing that we could really you know hey oh, let's yeah. go to the bahamas this christmas and take the boat down and how cool would that be like that would yeah. be, i'd love to do that with my family yeah that's cool i'll that's probably what never I... use the boat alone it'll always be with people and family right that's why i like hanging out with you and talking to you because i feel like you definitely like have these big pictures and you can tell that like the work you do every single day like you have your your why you're doing everything and so it makes it much easier to you know spend those extra couple hours writing the newsletter even though you know it's going to take until like one in the morning or something like that um i feel like that's really important for people to go and like be intentional and like kind of like we were saying earlier in this conversation like off autopilot to like do the things they want to do yeah. And if you're not doing what you want to do, you're just going to hate your life. I did. Uh, but like now I love it. I talk about being excited to come home and work from vacation or whatever time you took off for Christmas. I first real day back working was yesterday or not yesterday. Yesterday's Monday. It was Sunday. And I just started working and I was having so much fun. I loved it. Like I worked until four in the morning on Sunday. <laughs> And I didn't have to, like, I finished the email around midnight and then I just kept going because I was like, just stoked about what I yeah. was doing. And that is, <laughs> I never would have chosen to work for four in the morning, working for somebody else. It's terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Dude, this, this is the exact conversation I wanted to have when I was reaching out to you the other day. So I appreciate you taking the time, Ryan. Um, I know you're not tweeting that much anymore. So where do you, like, do you even have a plug? I just, you, like, do you want to I just started again. Uh, Oh yeah, back yeah I was right. like, I should if I'm gonna go on Connor's podcast, I should start tweeting again. So I tweeted <laughs> out my my secret to remembering names yesterday and how important that is, uh, and just how much of an impact it makes on people. So yeah, no, go go follow me on Twitter if you want to keep up with me. It's the handle is Snetty Mob. And but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start tweeting more because I do like it. And uh Michael Mazzara, who's the VP of expansion at Six Am City, which is I guess kind of a competitor of ours, but we're probably too small for them to consider us one. Uh he he tweeted when I tweet my first tweet, probably in like six months, honestly, or no, maybe not six, maybe four. He was like, Oh, he's back. He's back. So, yeah, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm back on Twitter. That's I'm going to try and share things that are hopefully helpful to people or interesting and see where it goes. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show today. Ryan. I, I get jealous. I look at you and I'm like, damn, Connor has 10,000 followers on Twitter. I need to get there. Bro. It's because I've tweeted every single day and spend way too much time on that bird app. Yeah, well, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start. I'm one of my goals for 2021. I don't like have personal goals. I have those business goals and then everything will lead into those. But I have started journaling. I like that. I want to start tweeting. I really just like want to write as much as possible because I think writing is the most write and read. Like they're the, that's the, yeah, there you go right there. I do it on the computer. I don't want to do it in a, a physical thing. Um, I know it's probably better to do it on there, but just whatever. Yeah. How, whatever is, way think, you actually do it is the best I mean, way i think it's whatever works for you also like this is also just like my personal notebook or or like for anyone listening to this in case individual like i just held up a notebook but like also that notebook contains like no to-do list nothing it's like literally just free-flowing thoughts and like hands down has had like some of the best roi and, of my time and i have that too like i have written yeah. two things down from here and this is trying to figure out the bonus structure for yeah. my salesperson yesterday like how does that get you know, it, yeah, writing notebooks are awesome. That's like an always easy gift that you can give people. Yeah, man. All okay, right, I'm gonna I'm be a, late for I'm a coffee meeting here. Uh, All right, but peace, bro. This is awesome. Have fun in Mexico. Uh, I'll try and get on the phone with you when you're down there. And one of these times, when I, I'm able to hire someone and have more time, I have to go with you on one of these fun trips. 
dude you you gotta it's like we're gonna be crew together we'll, we'll do some kind of like retreat or something like that sometime this year maybe maybe over the summer yeah by then hopefully i'll be able to pay myself a little bit more and make it happen <laughs> cool brian take it easy man all right see ya